This is the One Verse Podcast, where we liberate scripture from religion one verse at a time. Welcome to the One Verse Podcast. I'm your teacher, Jeremy Myers. This is episode number 81, in which we look at Jonah 2.10, final verse in Jonah chapter 2. And as we studied through this prayer of Jonah in Jonah chapter 2, you probably recognize that I've been a little critical of what he says in his prayer. Uh, you know, I, the prayer is full of scriptural allusions to the Psalms and uh, you know, promises to worship God and offer sacrifices to God. And, you know, on the surface, it looks like a pretty good prayer. But I have said repeatedly, as we've studied through Jonah chapter 2, that the prayer is a big sham. Jonah praises himself. He condemns the sailors. It's really just a lot of self-righteous pride in this prayer. And, you know, that was my take on the prayer. And honestly, I absolutely hate being critical of someone else's prayer. I feel pretty bad about it. I mean, my, my prayer life is not great. I imagine a lot of my prayers are quite selfish as well. And uh, so, so why did I feel, even though I hate being critical of someone else's prayer, why did I feel that it was okay to be critical of Jonah's prayer? Well, the reason uh, is because the prayer is in Scripture, number one, and Scripture is written to teach us. I think here we have an, an, a, a scriptural example of a bad prayer. I believe that Jonah's prayer was given to us as an example of how not to pray. Uh, and there's there's biblical examples, of course, of how to pray. The prayer of Jesus, of course, Lord's Prayer, several prayers of Paul, prayers of uh, David, all right, uh, and, and so on throughout Scripture. Uh, anyway, uh, the reason, though, I believe that Jonah's prayer is given to us as a negative example of how not to pray is because of the verse we're looking at today, Jonah 2.10. This is where we see God's response to Jonah's prayer. I mean, honestly, it really doesn't matter too much what you or I think of Jonah's prayer. What matters is what God thinks, right? And uh, that's what we look at in verse 10 today. This verse, Jonah 2.10, contains God's response to Jonah's prayer. And uh, that's what we're studying today. Now, speaking of prayer, I recently written a book on prayer. And it's going to come out this fall, fall of 2017, at least that's the plan. And um, I've also, along with it, created a way for you to get an advanced copy of that uh, before anybody else sees it, along with all of my future published books. So if, if, if you want to read my books before anyone else, then what I invite you to do is join my advanced reader team. doesn't mean you have to be an advanced reader. It just means you want to get the books, my books, before anybody else sees them. Get them in advance and read them in advance of anyone else with the team of other people. And only thing I ask in exchange for that is that you review the book when it's published. Uh, I'll tell you more about that at the end of today's podcast episode if you're interested. So let's dive into Jonah 2.10 as we finish our study of Jonah chapter 2. Uh, this verse, verse 10, is the final verse in the chapter, and it contains God's response to Jonah's prayer. Uh, and again, I don't know if you remember, way back when we started studying this prayer, back in the episode where we looked at uh, Jonah 2.2, I told you, I invited you to look for two things in this prayer of Jonah as we were going through it. The first thing was the what Jonah prays for, his requests. And the second thing was how God answers, how God responds 
to Jonah's prayer. Okay? And as we went through the prayer, verse by verse, uh, we saw that there weren't really any actual requests from Jonah. You know, Jonah says at the beginning of his prayer that he cried out to God, but as we go through the prayer, Jonah never actually asks God for anything. Uh, you know, there were several responses from God, though. Uh, God worked to rescue and deliver uh, Jonah from drowning. Uh, jo- even though Jonah never really asked for it, he, he, at least it's not written down that he did. Um, and even though Jonah, once he's, once he's rescued from drowning, he's in the belly of the fish, Jonah never asks to get out of the fish, to be rescued or delivered from the belly of the fish, all right? Uh, he, he doesn't make any of those requests. He never even says, I'm sorry, will you forgive me, God? He never repents for any of his sin, but it's pretty obvious God does forgive him anyway, even though Jonah never asks for it, which is an interesting concept on forgiveness, something we'll have to cover Well, I'll cover it in my course, the Gospel Dictionary, when we talk about forgiveness. But as we look at Jonah's prayer, the only real concern Jonah has throughout this prayer is uh, his his desire to worship God in in God's holy temple, in the heavenly temple. Remember, we saw as when Jonah talks about worshiping God, he's, he's basically looking forward to dying so that he can go to heaven, be with God there, and worship God in his holy temple. Now, I suppose that's sort of a request, but... Um, you know, God, I, I want to come worship you in your holy temple. But the, the way Jonah words it in his prayer, it's never actually stated as a request. Uh, he's just stating his plan or his intention of what he is going to do after he dies. <laughs> so although that's sort of a request, ironically, it, it's the one thing <laughs> that God doesn't allow Jonah to do. Jonah sort of makes this, it's not really a petition, but it's one plan, one purpose. You know, oh God, I can't wait to die because then I'm going to worship you in your holy temple. And, and God says, yeah, no, I don't really want that. No, we're not going to have that happen right now. Okay, so anyway, two things we're looking for in Jonah's prayer, what Jonah requests and how God responds. And uh, Jonah makes no real requests. Now, having said that, of course, uh, you know, not all prayers have to contain requests, right? When, whenever you talk to God, you don't need to ask him for things. Uh, prayer is communicating with God, talking with God. And, and yes, you can ask him for things, ask him for advice, wisdom, help, okay? Uh, but, but also, when you pray, you can just talk to God. You can praise him for what he has done in your life. Just tell him about what's going on in your life, okay? Uh, and those sorts of things. So, you know, pr- uh, prayer can often, maybe should often, include praise, along with petitions. But again, <laughs> as we read through this prayer of Jonah, he doesn't even do that. Uh, he, he doesn't praise God, really, anywhere in this prayer. Instead, Jonah praises himself. Yeah, there were things God did. But Jonah, even in those, as we, as we worked our way through here, through this prayer, even in those areas, Jonah sort of takes credit. Yeah, God rescued him from drowning, but Jonah says, well, God rescued me from drowning because I cried out. Right? So, 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 so Jonah, yeah, he's grateful for not drowning, but uh, he's, he takes credit for it a little bit himself. And, uh, you know, Jonah is glad that he doesn't drown, didn't drown because that indicates that God didn't reject him forever. Right? So now he can go in peace and die and worship God in his heavenly temple. 
But uh, again, there's, there's no petitions from Jonah to God. There's no praise from Jonah to God. Um, the closest thing we actually get here is this promise to praise God when he arrives in heaven. That's what we saw in verses 8 and 9. You know, God, when I die, I promise I will do what I have vowed. I will come and offer sacrifices to you. And remember, we looked at that in the last couple episodes because that's so ironic. Uh, Jonah is promising to praise God. Why can't he praise God right now? Meanwhile, there are other people in the text, these sailors that Jonah is condemning, uh, who are already praising God and offering sacrifices to him immediately. So, uh, these have been some of the problems we've seen of Jonah's prayers we've gone along. So, is this prayer really even a prayer? I, I don't think so. I mean, I, okay, I mean, yes, technically, all conversation with God is technically prayer. And uh, Jonah is conversing, talking with God here. Uh, and so, it is a prayer. But this prayer is far from a model prayer in Scripture. He doesn't ask God for anything. He doesn't praise God for anything. He doesn't repent of any sin. Really, he's just praising himself through the prayer, making promises to God, uh, to to praise God in the future. And and these are not even the things God wants. As we've seen throughout Jonah chapter 1 and Jonah chapter 2, what does God want of Jonah? He wants him to go to Nineveh, (laughs) not come to heaven, to go to Nineveh and preach his message in Nineveh. Uh, so so in this in this prayer, Jonah talks about himself, focuses on himself, refers mostly to himself. I, I suppose with all of this in view, that you know, the prayer of Jonah might better be called the praise of Jonah. And Jonah's praising himself in the prayer. Okay, so, so that's been my take on the prayer. But is this is this how God feels about Jonah's prayers? Well, is this what God thinks? And that's what we see in verse 10. Uh, God's, again, back in verse 2, we're supposed to look at what Jonah requests and how God responds. We've seen God respond in several ways to Jonah's uh, prayer here, various ways. And and verse 10 contains God's final response to his prayer. And and the response of God is actually quite humorous. Uh, We we could say that uh, Jonah 2.10 is the punchline of this joke of a prayer. All right? And so what does God think of Jonah's prayer? Well, you know the verse. God tells the fish to vomit Jonah up onto dry land. All right, for the the people who were hearing this story, you know, uh, most people back when this story was written, they would have heard it. They would not have read it. They would have laughed at this. Okay, as you're, as you're going through this prayer, you know, people are probably saying, well, I mean, it sounds like an okay prayer, but something seems a little off, and I don't know. I mean, what should my response be to this prayer? I wonder what God thinks of it, right? So you get to verse 10, and it's the punchline. <laughs> Your instincts were correct. There's something not quite right about this prayer. And God doesn't like it either. So he commands <laughs> the fish to vomit Jonah up. Onto dry land. The Jonah's prayer has made both God and the fish sick to their stomach. Okay, when Jonah prays, God responds by puking. Blah! <laughs> okay, which is symbolized by him commanding the fish to puke. Uh, so this is Hebrew humor at work. It's sort of similar to the parables of Jesus a little bit. 
You know, it's sort of like uh, saying that the fish can't put up with this character, Jonah. <laughs> you know, he's relieved of his stomach troubles only when he gets rid of Jonah. John Corson in his application commentary says the fish had an urge to purge. <laughs> That's pretty funny as well. Uh, it's it's satire, okay? It's irony. It's a little humor. Uh, you know, and, and it's amplified even by the fact that when God commands the fish, the fish immediately obeys, right? What did Jonah do when God commanded Jonah? <laughs> Well, when God commanded Jonah to go eastward to Nineveh, Jonah gets on a ship and heads westward to Tarshish. He heads the opposite direction. And it's interesting here, you begin to think about this symbolism, this parallelism here. God tells Jonah to do one thing and Jonah goes in the opposite direction. God tells the fish to vomit Jonah up. What would have happened if the fish had done the opposite? Uh, if the fish had done the opposite, the same way Jonah had done the opposite, well, Jonah still would have come out of the fish, but he would have been coming out the other end. (laughs) Okay, again, that's part of the joke here. Good thing the fish did what God said instead of the opposite of what God said. All right. Um, for further, further support of this sort of the ironic twist here at the end of the prayer is this Hebrew word for vomit. It's a, it's a really a loathsome word. Vomit is good. It's sort of uh, strong. There's some really weak English translations out there. Loathsome, or, or, or vomit is good, which you find in the New King James and a couple others. Um, it's, it's always, you use your word study on this and see how, else, how it is used elsewhere in the Old Testament. It's always used about how God responds to serious and grievous sin. All right, Leviticus 18, Leviticus 20, Job 20, lots of other passages, Jeremiah 25, all right, Um, people sin and God says the land will vomit you up out of the land, so on like that, okay? Modern equivalents, vomit's fine, modern equivalents might be barf, right, wretch, puke, something like that, okay? These are strong words, uh, which are, are, they, they sort of invoke a feeling of disgust, uh, and maybe a gag reflex in your in your own in your own mouth, okay, in your own esophagus. So that's God's response to Jonah's prayer. It seems very polished and scriptural and biblical and pious, um, but uh, it's not. And Jonah, God sees right through it, and so do we now. And so Jonah gets vomited up, along with probably everything else that was in the fish's belly. So Jonah himself, although the, 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 the prayer itself is flowery and beautiful and spiritual, Jonah himself does not come out of the belly of the fish smelling or looking pretty. All right? Um, and sort of that's, that's a little bit more irony here. Uh, the final words of Jonah's prayer is deliverance is from Yahweh. Some, some Bible translations say salvation is from the Lord. And again, we're not talking here. Again, salvation when Jonah says that, salvation is from the Lord, go back and listen to the last episode, episode 80, when we looked at that verse. It's not talking about, you know, forgiveness of sins, you can escape hell, go to heaven when you die. That's not how the word salvation is used in the Bible, especially not here. Um, so Jonah, the last, the last line of his prayer, he says, salvation is from the Lord, or deliverance is from the Lord. And then the very next verse, God does deliver Jonah from the belly of the fish. And how does God do that? (laughs) Through vomit. (laughs) 
through vomit, right? Uh, when you think about God delivering you or rescuing you, do you ever do you ever put that together with vomit? <laughs> Probably not. We would typically think of God rescuing and delivering people with uh, you know flashes of lightning and miracles and voices from heaven and shivers and tingles and uh, you know bright lights and and angelic choirs and those sorts of things, right? We we believe that when God works, we get goosebumps and shivers. Well. <laughs> Jonah's salvation came through vomit. <laughs> Jonah's deliverance from the fish came through vomit. And, you know, I find that, I think that's helpful in my life, in your life. Uh, sometimes we think, well, God's not at work in my life. Or why is this happening to me? There's been times in my life where I basically feel like life has vomited me up. And I'm looking around at the mess and the chaos and the stink and the filth all around me. And I'm thinking, God... What's going on here? Why are you doing this? But looking back now, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20 years, just with a little bit of perspective now, uh, you know, that was a form of God's deliverance, having me vomited up. So I, I think that might be encouraging for you in your life as well. I don't know what you're going through, what you have gone through, what you will go through, but often remember the deliverance of God does not always come with bright lights and voices from heaven and shivers and goosebumps and and mountaintop experiences. Very, very often, the deliverance of God comes with vomit. All right? So uh, just think about that next time you're wondering what is going on in your life. Don't necessarily look for God in signs and wonders. Look for him wherever you are at and in whatever you are doing. All right? So uh, it's Jonah 2, that's, that's the end of Jonah 2, and it's sort of, as, as it draws to a close, it's important to remind ourselves several key themes and, and really the questions that we've been seeing as we work our way through this book, all right? Remember, from Jonah chapter 1 and Jonah chapter 2, we wanted to know why Jonah did not want to go preach a message of fire and brimstone against the enemy Assyrians, this wicked, evil of, of city of, of Nineveh off in the east, right? Uh, Jonah's this popular prophet, and God says, go preach doom and gloom on Nineveh. Jonah, if he was any one of us, you know, would have, would have jumped on the first camel over there, but he doesn't. He goes the opposite direction, and we still haven't quite figured out why. And then we've seen that Jonah wants to die rather than obey God, and we still haven't quite figured that out either. And now, at the end of Jonah chapter 2, we come face to face with the main question from the text. Since God spared Jonah's life through the fish and then by vomit, it must be because God wants Jonah for something, maybe to teach Jonah something, show Jonah something. But what? What does God want Jonah to learn? Well, we're about to start getting answers to some of these questions as we dive into Jonah chapter 3. So that's where we'll pick up next time as we begin in Jonah chapter 3, 1. And uh, Jonah chapter 3, just a heads up, sort of starts the story all over again. You compare Jonah 3, the first couple of verses, with Jonah 1, the first couple of verses, and it's like we're beginning at the very beginning. It's take two. Let's try this again, God says. So that's going to be uh, Jonah chapter 3 when we pick up there next time. 
Now, again, as sort of indicated at the beginning of today's podcast episode, I am writing this book on prayer, and I imagine you have a lot of questions on prayer based on our study of Jonah chapter 2. What does God think of your prayer life? What's the best way to pray? How can you pray? Uh, You know, Jonah's prayer looks pretty from the outside, but what does God think of it? And now we want to know, well, what does God think of my prayers and how can I pray? So, uh, you know, God doesn't think much of Jonah's prayer, but but, uh, it's it's supposed to ask us, what does God think of our prayer? So, sort of to help answer some of these questions, I did write this short book on prayer, which I'm going to be putting out later this year, hopefully in the fall of 2017. And again, I want to invite you, if you're interested would like to read an advanced copy, an early version, an early copy of that book, Um, join my advanced reader team, A-R-T, advanced reader team. Uh, It's a team of people who want to read my books in advance of anybody else. And in exchange, all I ask is that you leave a review of the book when I publish it. All right, a review of the book on Amazon. So if that's something you think you want to do, just go to redeeminggod.com slash art, A-R-T, advanced reader team, A-R-T to apply, redeeminggod.com slash art. Now, there is one condition for applying. You need to have already left a review of one of my books on Amazon. And the reason I ask that is because I've, I've sort of done something like this in the past, and I got a bunch of people who said, oh, yeah, yeah, I would love to read your book and review it on Amazon. And so I sent them the book, and then when it came time to review it, uh, about about 50% of the people said, oh, I don't actually have an Amazon account to leave a review with, and I don't know how to leave a review, so thanks for the free book, but, but I'm not going to leave a review for you. Um, that's sort of... <laughs> That's not cool. So anyway, all I ask is that as part of a condition for applying, go leave a review of one of my books. All right, if you haven't, if you don't have a book, then leave a review of something else you've bought on Amazon and um, show me that you know how to leave a review. It doesn't have to be one of my books. Just show me that you know how to leave a review on Amazon. And if you don't know how to do that and don't know how to show me proof, there's videos on the application page which walk you through the process. Each video is about two to three minutes long. It doesn't take long. All right, so again, to join the advanced reader team, ART, just go to redeeminggod.com slash art. The application form is there, the videos are there, little brief instructions as well. And uh, I, I, hope to, I hope you join the team so you can get this book on prayer and all my future books. I'm going to do this with all of my books going forward. At least that's the plan right now. Okay, so uh, thanks for listening. Hope you join my advanced reader team. And I can't wait to see you next time as we pick back up in Jonah chapter 3. See you then.